welcome to the Inside Music Cast Correspondent Profile. As Inside Music Cast continues to grow worldwide, a large part of our success is due to the hard work and dedication of our correspondents who assist us in so many ways, such as promotion and marketing, lining up guests, creating new content for our website and Facebook page. But most importantly, our correspondents have a deep appreciation and knowledge for music and the musicians themselves. And today we're chatting with correspondent Uwe Reith. Hey, Uwe, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Uwe, you're, you're actually uh, one of our most recent correspondents that, uh, that's hopped on with Inside Musicast with me and Rick and, uh, and actually our first international correspondents. I was so surprised to become a member uh, and a correspondent of Inside Musicast. Because uh, when I when I uh, recognized Inside Music Cast, I think that happened through a um, Toto ninety nine or Toto Network website. I was got very interested in that concept, and so I started downloading all these uh, podcasts. I think it started my first podcast that I heard was about Robbie Buchanan or or David Page. I don't exactly know, but it was so great, and I, I was so enthusiastic about it, and I'm definitely blown away. Well, Eddie and I recognize that enthusiasm because, you know, you contributed a lot to uh, our, our, I think at the time, our uh, Inside Music Cast forum, but then, of course, that, that sort of folded into the uh, Facebook. Uh, yes, I site. think I could hold back with the kudos and the praise <laughs> how you both had prepared the interviews and had done your homeworks. It, it uh, was so great, and it is still well, one of the things we appreciated was your your, your vast knowledge of music in itself. And tell yeah. us, tell us, you know, one thing you mentioned to us before is is about this huge library of music magazines and and how they've been a real part of your learning about a lot of these musicians over the years. Oh, uh, I think in my family this is a kind of a genetic syndrome because I had an uncle um, who, had, for example, I think the siblings of my father were responsible for my first musical steps and. Uh, there is a story that my father's brother, he had collected about, uh, in, and, and this was in 1964, he had collected about 1,000 vinyl records and tons of uh, these magnetic tapes, these real tapes, you know. Yep. And um, um, he could listen two months continuously music in a row. And the newspaper in his place, in, this was in 1964, in, in his place of residence where, where, where he was living, they noticed about... Um, uh, about his huge collections of, of records and something like that. And they published a big report about him and this city, uh, this, this record collection. And I think I took him as an example because he was such a fanatic guy. Mm -hmm. And he was so, so fanatic at getting at rarities and, and, and records and stuff and something like that. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you're a fan of Inside Music Cast, so a lot of the yeah. artists that we talk about are, are musicians that you appreciate. But tell us a little bit about who um, you grew up listening to. Who were some of the influences that you had in your life musically? Yeah. Yeah, that started at, at an early age. I can remember when I was a kid, the, the first songs, the first pop songs that I can remember had been Delia and Help Yourself by Tom Jones or The Beatles, All You Need Is Love and She Loves You and something like that. But mm -hmm. uh, Later on, when I took guitar lessons and I, I had two great guitar teachers, one was very influenced by folk music and he played a very good finger-picking style and the other ones was very deep into the Mahavishnu Orchestra or John Abercrombie and John Schofield. That influenced me a lot. And, and later on, I hooked up with some schoolmates and we founded our first band that was in 1980 and we were absolutely influenced by Genesis, by Saga, Barclay James Harvest and Level 42. That was great. It was kind of a school band. Yeah. Um, so, uh, 
there was, uh, but at that time there was little about West Coast music. We we didn't know m much of that, and so I started reading all those um, magazines. Um, there were two large magazines called Guitar and Bass and the German uh, Fachblatt, which is kind of a counterpart to the Guitar Player magazines. I don't know if you know the Guitar Player magazine. Sure, we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and um, those magazines were loaded with great reports about instruments they tested instruments and there were awesome stories about the session scene in america and um, famous musicians and all this total related stuff and um later on in the 80s and the 90s they um be toto became a big support through a writer and guitar player whose name is christian tolle he's coming from cologne and he also has released some solo records uh, where he hired Steve Lukather and Tim Pierce and Michael Thompson and like that. And all of a sudden that drew my attention to this jazz and West Coast genre because mm -hmm. this current uh, bass magazine, they they had a lot of interviews with Bill Champlin, with a Toto, with a Pocaros and something like that. And yeah. so all that grew and, and I was into this studio scene and... Well, that was great because uh, the German radio was so awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you use the term West Coast to describe the yeah. kind of music you like. And, yacht and rock. I, yeah, yacht rock, exactly. <laughs> yacht rock. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, I think if, that's, what, that's, a, that's an interesting point that you said that because here in the States, if you say yacht rock now, people realize what you're talking about, what genre, what kind of artist you're talking about. But, but the yeah. term West Coast here might mean something completely different to you know the audience here in the States. But over in Europe, you in your area... They, you know what they use in Germany? They use the, the term mainstream. What is mainstream? That's not a music style. And in any magazine, you could read the term mainstream. Hmm. Well, this, was, this, this was kind of a description for, for West Coast or really? something like that. Yeah. That's interesting. And, uh, yeah. And uh, so... Um, in the in the seventies, well, the, the German radio was was a crude blend of uh, you know the the, the term Schlagermusik or H German Humper music, and uh, they had little international stuff. And that, this got better in the eighties, little by little. And uh, mm -hmm. I remember a radio show in nineteen seventy eight. A famous German radio host characterized the the work of studio musicians that they would play on everyone's record. And mm -hmm. he used the example of the upcoming band Toto. And it was the very first day that he played uh, Hold the Line. So um, that was the beginning that I got very interested in that uh, kind of genre. That's very cool. You're a musician yourself, Uwe. You're, yes. a, you're a guitarist. You just told us that you uh, you started playing very early. But uh, tell us uh, about your collection of instruments, a little bit about your, your guitar playing. That'll be interesting for our audience. Yeah, well, I'm a guitar player in my spare time, and I I have a band. Uh, this band is called The Pace, and over the years, I collected a lot of guitars. And um, I saw this uh, Chris Rodriguez video cast, and he showed you some Duesenberg Eddie, and I also uh, have a Duesenberg in my collection. And this is my pride and joy. It's a beautiful guitar. It comes comes from Hanover, from Germany. It's a cool guitar, and. Uh, my guitar teacher, the jazz guy I was talking about, um, yeah. he sold me, in 1983, he sold me an Ibanez double neck guitar. Maybe you have seen this on the picture. Um, I posted it on one of my profile pics. Yes, and yes. This is also a cool guitar. I have some Les Pauls and Telecaster. I think you're familiar with, this, with these guitars. And, and also some basses and mandolins. Um, I think there are about... 
13 instruments and and i don't have the heart to sell some of them <laughs> uh, but um if i come home with my 14th guitar i think i get in trouble with my wife anya <laughs> <laughs> that's good well yeah well, uh, just we, we're just curious. You know, you're, you're a fan of Inside Music Cast, and, and we're yeah. uh, we know that we have a lot of people in Europe, uh, a lot of Germans also that listen to Inside Music Cast. Do you do you think there's an additional uh, appetite for Europeans for our show? Do you think that there's a more of a chance that you know our show could uh, could potentially reach out to more people in in Europe? Yes, I hope so. When I'm watching Facebook and um, I see that through Facebook, um, Inside Music Cast gets a lot of new fans. And um, I think with the beginning of the millennium, I got a little bit saddened about the fact that um, this uh, kind of studio scene was in a kind of, uh, it was decreasing gradually. And for me, it seemed to become like like a dead market with all the changes in the music industry and all these new formats. But uh, now I'm uh, really I hope that there are some people who get interested in Inside Music Cast and you can revive so something like this uh, studio music scene and with all that great information that you are uh, are having and with all these great interviews with all your guests. It's it's really cool a cool podcast i'm very enthusiastic about it well, well neat uh i've got i mean i i really can say that i've just been recently really happy that uh we're getting more and more interaction from the actual artists coming yes. in and posting and commenting that so we're not just drawing fans i think we're really uh creating actually a forum where some of our guests and, and artists can come in and, and talk a little bit about stuff we've had larry williams stop by and tommy, tommy funderburg Exactly, really? and even Michael Sambello. I mean, and, and we want to open this up to everybody, and uh, um, I, I think this is just a neat. It's very unique enough that this doesn't really exist out there, and I think you, your points are well taken. But I do have one question for you. Yeah, who does your hair? Who does my hair? Yeah. I, I, myself. <laughs> it's <a job. laughs> no, it's it's fabulous. Your hair is fabulous. It's wonderful, fabulous hair. You should have seen me thirty years before with full hair and uh, and and a beard. You would not recognize me on the street. <laughs> well, hey, Uwe, th thanks for everything you've done uh, for Inside Music Cast and, and all of your help and contributions to the site and to our Facebook page, and, and we look forward to to more from you in the future. Yes, and, and let me say that, it, that it's a great opportunity for me. It's fantastic to work to work with uh, people like you. It's so inspiring, and you are so supportive, and and all of the the hosts, and you you both, and the correspondents. It's it's a great opportunity for me. I love it. Great, thanks. That's awesome. Uve. Thanks, Uve. Thanks for spending some time with us. Thanks. All thanks, right. guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye bye. To learn more about Inside Music Cast, please visit our website at InsideMusicCast.com or find us on Facebook. Inside Music Cast is powered by Cabello Associates, multidisciplinary strategic design consultancy based in Indianapolis, and by Earshot Audio Post, national Emmy award-winning audio post-production, also based in Indianapolis. Reach a worldwide audience through Inside Music Cast by becoming a sponsor. Simply contact us by visiting our website at InsideMusicCast.com.